0: What's going on everybody? Happy New Year's. Welcome to Black Men's Sundays. Let's get this thing going. This is a show about generational wealth, financial advice, financial tips, whether you're married or unmarried or you're just in a relationship or you're just single. This is also, uh, you know, something for you to Get some nourishment on without further ado. Uh wanna welcome Nelson and Juanita Simmons to the show. Uh Nelson, a financial advisor. Um, we've had him on previous, but we're locked and loaded for 2022. Welcome to the show. Juanita, welcome to the show. Like I said, the main thing is is Black Men's Sunday, but you will see sisters on here. So, and we'll lock in every Sunday. Nelson, Juanita, happy new year. How you doing?
1: Hey, we're doing great. Thank you, um, thank you for. Uh, this opportunity uh, to speak our truth we just you know want to add value today but before we you know get started we want to do some um, housekeeping things uh, but when you're talking to people uh, especially when it comes to money you want to make sure that they are qualified to talk they're either licensed or they've been successful in the area that you're you're you're, you're they're speaking on right we don't need to look blind in the blind we need people that are credible to speak to you. So I'm trying to be as humble as I can. You know, I'm no better than anybody else. But I've got 15 years in uh, accounting and finance. Uh, I have an MBA, um, uh, MBA with a concentration in uh, international business. Uh, I've got a BS in accounting. Um, I've worked in corporate. I've worked in uh, uh, for the government uh, as uh, an accountant in a plethora of roles. Right, but my true purpose and my true calling is to help individuals families and businesses win financially and so i did i wanted to take it a step further i wanted to not only be able to 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 just talk about it but i wanted to be able to help people implement so i took it a step further i went ahead and got my life license uh, and my securities license both 6 and 63 Uh, and we are uh currently uh we have clients in tennessee alabama Uh, Florida, and uh, we're picking up a few in Washington State. So um, that's me.
2: So as Corey stated, I am Juanita Simmons. I'm Nelson's wife, and uh, my background is a little bit different. I still deal with numbers, but I'm what's known as a quant, and that's just a fancy way of saying mathematician. So my background is in business mathematics. I have 11 plus years working with companies to help them find ways in their data to either decrease expenses or increase revenue. Um, My bachelor's degree and master's degree are both mathematically based, uh, but like Nelson, I do also have a desire to help teach people, wanted to be credentialed along with him. Um, So I did get my life insurance license as well. Also got the series 63 and six securities licenses. Um, And, again, just have a passion for people, for teaching them this type of stuff, finance, the things we didn't learn in school. Also, a strong passion for women because so often we get left behind in the financial conversations. So I'm here to just, you know, be able to speak with them, help them feel more comfortable about finances and what we should be doing, especially um, since we're starting to kind of head the pack a little bit. Uh, with regards to you know work and money and all of those things. So thank you for having me. First before we get started, I wanted to give a disclaimer in order to stay above board and just do a lot of a little bit of housekeeping. I want to give this disclaimer before we go into the webinar so that you guys understand that we won't be giving out individual specific financial advice. And the information only represents financial guidelines one can take if they need a starting or a reference point. Always seek the help of a financial professional like myself or Nelson if you need assistance creating your own unique individual financial game plan. Now we can get into it.
1: Absolutely. She keeps me legal. The title of today of what we want to talk about is, What's Your end game? Knowing Your Financial Independence Number. And, di- and just in saying that, before I get started, I want to just put the statement out there because I think it's profound. You know, when I, it first came to my head, I was just like, "Wow, this is this is really profound." So, work without purpose is worthless. Work without purpose is worthless. And folks, we 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 oftentimes put so much purpose and energies into growing our our brand, uh, growing our business, climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, rearing our children, um, just being the best people we can be. But it seems like oftentimes our finances are an afterthought, right? We don't really think about it. We don't plan. We don't think about the end game. We don't think about these things called financial independence numbers. So when we're finished trading time for money, and we'll trade about 90,000 hours of our time for money, our finances truly look like an afterthought. The reason why is again we 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 to have a plan and Martin Sheen said it best in his fictitious character when he played it in Wall Street money's only something you need in case you don't die tomorrow and guys I don't I don't I don't plan on dying tomorrow and in fact we are living longer lives due to modern medicines so after it's all said and done and we're at the end of a thing, a working career. We're living 20 to 30 years outside of the traditional ages of 65, 67 years of age, right? We've got, we've got a plan for those things. You know, we need money for those things because, uh, you know, we ain't dying, right? And I hear people say, hey, Nelson, I- I honest, this is the honest guy, true. I plan to work for the rest of my life. Well, who said that you were going to be able to do that, that your health was going to be as as such that you were going to be able to do that? I've got grandmothers that are in their 90s. They have their faculties. They have their health. My grandfathers were not so lucky. Right. They both got sick and they died at 65 and 69. Right. So there's no guarantees that we're going to come through this thing, this working career, our working careers unscathed. Right. So we're going to have to have money set aside to take care of ourselves, take care of any kind of sicknesses that we may have. And then, you know, to to debunk it even further, you know, they don't want your butt there. The corporations and and government agencies don't want your butt there. We have an expiration date, right? As far we expire before we die in the corporate sense and working for somebody else. I see my personal replacement walking through the door. Those are the Generation Zs. The Generation Zs is my kids' age, Right, so the 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 oldest of the set are 22 and 24. because I'm personally training them. I'm mentoring them to have my seat at the table, to have my seat at the conference room. I'm training them. I'm teaching them, and that's okay. That's the circle of life. That's the way things work out in the corporate corporate world, right? I'm supposed they're supposed to do that. They're not doing anything that they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be gunning for my position. I, I, in fact, I applaud them for doing that. Come on, take it, right? But in the meantime, I need to be doing what it's supposed to, I'm supposed to be doing with my money. And if I'm not thinking about the end game, I can't blame anybody for it. It's, it's my fault, right? So in, in, in saying that, you know, most of our, when I'm looking at, and I'm, and I'm actually talking to people, most workers don't have sufficient retirement savings and are putting enough uh, aside to catch themselves up from a, you know, a pitfall of, you know, not just not proper planning, right? So, in saying that, how do we how do we get here? We're going to look at the what what I call or what we call the three-legged stool of what income sources. You know, at least my parents had when they were you know working, right? They had Social Security to stand on or sit on. They had um, their company pensions. My mom's a school teacher, right? So she has a pension. And then they had any kind of personal savings, which are in the forms of checking savings, insurance policies, uh, investment uh, accounts, brokerage accounts, uh, retirement accounts. Right. So but that picture isn't such today. Right. So the, the, the average worker today only has one leg. The other two have been severed. We only have what we say personally. Right. So, again, your savings account, checking account. Whatever in your investment accounts, insurance, right? And let's just, let's just go to back backwards and talk about, you know, um, the other two legs, company uh, pensions, right? Only 4% of companies today offer pension plans, down from 60%, just 42 short years ago. So in 1980, you could count on you know, your company having a pension plan, right? So we don't really see that. We don't see that anymore. You know, you may see it in the, you know, when well, you see it in, in, in um, the governmental sectors, you see it in um, uh, sectors that are unionized, maybe in the airline industry uh, and in the automotive industry, you may see that, but that's not the case for most of us, right? And so there's another, uh, you know, uh, thing that, that, that people are missing, uh, especially with the, the newer generations, my generation, which is the millennial generation, uh, as well as the Generation Zs, we're not loyal to any company, right? Uh, and we shouldn't be because they're really not loyal to us, right? But we're staying on average three to four years, right? And so if you know anything about how pensions work, you don't get that pension unless, you see what I'm saying, you stay the course with that company, right? You give up that when you when you leave, right? When I left the state, um, I was two, what, three years? Yeah, three years shot from being vested in the pension, right? And that's just with the government. I don't have that, right? And so let's talk about the the, the other leg, social security, right? Social security was never supposed to be a end all be all and the only source that you had in retirement. And I see that all the time, you know, as people coming in retirement, especially us as black folks, we talk about how much social security I'm gonna get, right? What, what is my social security gonna be looking like, right? So when it was originally thought up, it was thought up to, For the most vulnerable of of, of Americans. It was supposed to take care of our elderly. It was supposed to take care of our our, our disabled uh, disabled people. It was supposed to take care of those who had lost the breadwinner in the family, right? It wasn't supposed to be a source that was supposed to take care of us uh, 20 to 30 years into the future after we stopped working. And so, that's what people are, you know, kind of relying on. And then just to, you know, to bring it home, the the coffers, the trust fund that we entrusted our government to, you know, give us back when we got to retirement, we pay into it, is insufficiently ran, right? Is 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 basically bankrupt, right? So 2034 is the year that things, you know, the 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 heads come to roost, or however that 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 saying comes, is it's when like. Those who are eligible for one hundred percent of uh, the 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 benefit, the safety net will not receive. They're only going to be able to pay out seventy eight percent of the one hundred percent benefit owed to people um, that are currently on uh, social security, right? So the baby boomer generation may be the last generation to see full benefit from social security. So we can't depend on it. So we have to be saving it.
2: You know, we hear a lot of people talking about Social Security and how they'll be able to rely on that. And just to add to what Nelson was saying, Social Security uh is and was meant as a supplement to the pension, to your personal savings. So not a catch-all for you know <coughs> everything that you had going on or and all of your bills. It wasn't um, meant or designed to sustain you. A lot of people, especially if you haven't hit the age in order to withdraw or receive social security, you don't really understand how much money that is. Um, it's again, especially when you're, you know, you've got 30, 20, 30 years before you get there. You're not really thinking about it, but you is in the back of your mind as something that you know, you can really depend on. So just to put things in perspective, so at age 70, your maximum benefit for last year uh, could have been $3,895 a month, $46,740 a year. Um, if you retired at 66 in two months, uh, that's considered the full retirement age, then your benefit would have been 3148 a month, 37,776 a year and then at age 62 which would probably be considered an early retirement age your benefit would be 2,324 a month 27,888 a year. So just from first glance you may feel like okay well that's a decent benefit and I could potentially live 20 to 30 years out after working Uh, based on those benefits. But I also wanted to include some additional facts about these benefits. You must make at least $142,800. That must be your salary for the last 35 of your working years. That means you have to make that salary for the last 35 years you're in the workforce. Another fact, just doing quick math here, that also means that you have to make that amount by the time you turn 35 in order to receive that highest possible payout by 70. And I just did 35 plus the 35 years you're working, that's 70 years old. Last fact, the average social security retirement benefit last year was only $1,543 a month. So that's what most people are getting. And that translates to only $18,516 a year. So when you really start to put the numbers together and you, you know, you have the facts, I mean the numbers don't lie, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. So you have to understand these things when you, you know, say, you know, it's easy to say, I'm gonna have social security, but what does that really mean for you based on the money that you're making? And you know, also all of this is before taxes. But Social Security, a lot of people probably don't know that. But when you get that money, you have to pay taxes, just like it was a regular paycheck. So they're going to be taking some of that money back out when they send you that check. So I have beat that over the head enough. This is where we come to our financial independence number. And that's what this whole uh, presentation is about. Your financial independence number or FIN, we like to call it, is the amount of money you'll need to accumulate so that someday you can live off that money for the rest of your life and never have to go back to work. In order to introduce this concept to our clients, what we like to do is get them in the mindset of thinking, okay, if you retire today, what type of salary would you like to have? Moving into retirement, so this is the amount of money that you want to pay yourself every year as you live again throughout retirement. So you could say, "Oh, well, I think I'll only need thirty thousand dollars a year," you know, once I'm in retirement to pay all my bills and do the things that I like to do. Or it could be fifty thousand, or a hundred thousand, if you want to do a lot of travel. Even two hundred and fifty thousand, if you just want to live this extravagant lifestyle. But once you understand or have in your mind what type of salary you like to have in retirement, then we can help you move to the next level in calculating that financial independence number.
1: And all of this is done, or the way that financial advisors do it is calculating a, a rule called the 4% rule, right? And the rule represents the amount you can withdraw annually from the wealth that you have accumulated. So we do, I just did this exercise uh, with a a couple uh, yesterday, right? So I sat them down and I said to them, Hey, Mr. Mr. Client, you know, when everything is said and done, you're no longer working and you're paying yourself out of the bank of your last name, what salary would you like to pay yourself? And then they tell me, and then I multiply that times 25. And that gives me the, amount that they will need to have accumulated to live on for the next 25 years from the date that they decide that they want to retire, right? So if they want to retire at 62, then their money will last them till they're 87. If they want to retire at 65, their money will last them till they're 90, right? So they give me the number. So if that person said, hey, I want a $50,000 lifestyle, I need $50,000, then they're going to need to save $1,250,000, they're going to have to have that accumulated so that they can live the next 25 years of their life without becoming destitute, right? Destitute means I can't take care of my basics, I can't take care of my needs and so forth. So $75,000 is $1 million, I'm not going to go down the whole thing. Uh, 1,875,000, right? And so that allows them to safely pull 4%, which happens to be, and what I just said, 75,000 for the next 25 years, right? That's hence the, the 4% rule. Now, this is just a raw number. This is not including inflation that I have to factor in as a advisor. This is not including taxes, right? The way that you sheltered your money is going to determine your tax situation in retirement when if you get to you got to have something uh to 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 have you got to get out of the, the wealth of uh, the building phase into the preservation phase into the distribution phase right so once you start working you get into this phase called the distribution which most people don't even know about right know how to handle right so that's where a financial advisor can come in and step in and say hey you see what i'm saying we're, we're looking at all these factors when we're sitting down talking to you right we're not just shooting the breeze with you, we're really going to work for you, going to bat for you, right?
2: Well, we're strong advocates in or with regards to investing, right? Because that's the only way you're going to be able to multiply your money at the rate you need to in order to have large amounts, millions of dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars at the end of the day. So when you talk about investing, um, there are two things that are very important that you need to know when it comes to investing your money. The first thing is, what is your interest rate? A lot of times we think about interest rates as uh, you know, we want the lowest interest rate. We're we're considering an interest rate as something we have to pay to somebody. But when you talk about investing, this is the amount of money that someone will pay you to park your money with them. Uh, So you'll need to know your interest rate, but you'll also need to know how many years it will take your money to double. That is going to be very important for you because your um, best commodity or or your most valuable commodity is going to be time, right? And the more time you have, the more uh, money you could potentially make when you invest that money. So knowing your interest rate, we can take the number 72, and this is called the rule of 72. We can divide 72 by that interest rate, and that will tell you how many years it will take your money to double. So just using quick math, simple math, if I have an interest rate of 1%, let's say I have a savings account, and I put my money there and they promise to give me 1%, that doesn't happen a lot. Just side note, uh, savings accounts typically give you well under 1%. But let's just say, for example, purposes, they're going to give you 1%. I can divide 72 by 1. The answer is 72, which means it will take 72 years for my money to double. All right, so I'm going to go into another example of how this rule plays out with money. For example, if you had $10,000 and you have three options of investing your money, or three different investment vehicles, let's say, You have a 3% option. Maybe that's a really good savings account you found. It's very conservative. It's safer um, than investing your money in the market. Uh, But you were also introduced to a 6% option. Maybe that's a bond fund, or you can invest in some type of bond that will yield you 6% average year over year. Um, And lastly, you have an option to invest maybe in the stock market in something like a mutual fund that could give you an annual average return of 12 percent. So you'll be able to see here in this example what the rule of 72 or how the rule of 72 applies to these three different uh, interest rates. So let's say you took the safest option with the three percent. This means that your money is going to double every 24 years because 72 divided by three is 24, right? So after 24 years, you'll have $20,000 now in the bank. Again, this is if you start with 10,000, you don't add anything to it. You just let it sit there. And then after 48 years, you'll have $40,000 in the bank. Okay that's not very good if you're sitting at retirement after 48 years and now you need to withdraw that money that's not going to probably last you very long 25 or 30 years. If you chose the second option it's a little bit better your money's going to double now every 12 years 72 divided by 6 is 12 again this is all math I'm not making this up this is how it works. So after year 12 you'll have 20,000 24 years 40,000, 48 years, you're going to see 160,000. If you don't touch the money, if you just let it sit there, you don't add anything to it, that is the amount of money you'll have after 48 years. Again, it's better than 40,000, but it's not going to last you very long if you're trying to live 20, 30 years into the future without getting any more income. Now, the last example at 12%, your money is going to double every six years. And you can see at the end of 48 years, it's a drastic difference um, based on where you put your money, how large of a pot you're going to have at the end of the day. Because 72 divided by 12 is six. uh, Again, your money's doubling every six years. So in the sixth year, it'll be 20000 By the 24th year, you have that one hundred and sixty, And then it really starts to catch fire with the compounding interest. Um, 30 years is 320000 all the way to 48 years. And you have over $2.5 million compared to the other two examples um, where you're barely, well, you're not even at a quarter million dollars. So you can see that. The, understanding this, knowing this math, talking to somebody about it who knows it is going to be critical uh, for you in order to have financial success in the future. If you are not doing these things, if you are not investing, if you are not dollar cost averaging, if you are not putting money away for your future, you will not have enough money. And that's just The truth. Um, A lot of people don't teach this, schools don't teach this, and that's just what these bullets say.
1: Juanita talked about the uh, importance of um, compounding interest, right? And I think I may have failed to talk about inflation and how inflation eats away at your money, like termites on wood frame houses, right? You know that termites can destroy the framing of your home, the essence of your home. That's the same way that inflation eats away at your money in the bank. So inflation historically has sat at 2.75 or 2.875 or something like that to 3%. This past year in 2021, you remember, you know, you hear it in the news, you know, inflation is high. We've got inflation problems because of the pandemic and what they had to do to you know, stir the economy. It's sitting at 7%. So if your money is sitting in the bank, you got a hundred dollars. Your money or your you don't have a hundred dollars. You have ninety three dollars, right? You don't have that hundred dollars. You just got ninety three. So it only buy or your buying power is ninety three versus the hundred that's actually sitting in your bank. It's not going to go as far because milk is costing more. The housing is costing more. Uh, Just everything is costing more money, right? And even if we got uh, uh, away from this uh, hyperinflation, that's what it is, you know, you still have to be in outpaced inflation. So I just wanted to, to, you know, touch on that point before I moved on and talked about another thing that's near and dear to me, which is the cost associated with waiting to do things, waiting to implement, right? There's a cost associated with not going and getting yourself checked out at the doctor, Black men, right? We like to myself included you know I got that little funny feeling right now I got you know it's probably tension because you know I don't like speaking and you know and all that other stuff I got like a little something ain't right right here but say for instance this is something ain't right right here kept nagging me and nagging me and nagging me right and I didn't go get it taken uh, care of right and I, I let this thing go on for like six months and I go to the to the doctor and they say Nelson I'm sorry but you got you know stage four cancer There's really little that we can do. We can make you comfortable, but there's really nothing that we can necessarily do for you. The cost associated with me waiting is my life. And it works in relationships. If you have the onset of trouble in your relationship and you don't go see a counselor and you lose your marriage, you lose your husband, you lose your wife, that was the cost of not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Being um, Apathetic. apathetic, complacent. Right? The same thing happens with money. You see what I'm saying? The more, the, the older you get, the more it's going to cost you because, to, to get to your goal, to get to the end game, to get to the financial independence number. Right? Because you start it later, right? Wealth and true wealth is not a hidden lick in the market. Right? It takes time to grow true wealth. These wealthy men that you see going uh, uh, around you, Jeff Bezos, uh, I, I hate to name all white men. Um, what, what's uh warren buffett the oracle of Omaha it took them a lifetime to mass that wealth right um who, who can we name black I, I feel bad for not naming somebody black oh let's say oprah Winfrey for the women right she just didn't start she started in in in, in little old tennessee at a radio station here in nashville that still exists right that was her start but she amassed all that wealth over time it just didn't happen overnight it looks like a she, 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 you know, became wealthy overnight, but it didn't happen overnight. And that's the same thing with, you know, our personal wealth. So if your goal is to save a million dollars by the time you retire at 67, it looks totally different and you'll have to put in totally different amounts of money based on when you start. So say, for instance, you started at 25, that'll only cost you $200. You wait 10 more years is double that 448 at 45. That's $1,200, nearly seven times as much. At age 55, folks, that's somebody's whole paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. 19 times as much. And even if you could do that at 55, you ain't got, you haven't built any kind of muscle up, right? You ain't been in the gym hitting that iron. So you're you you, you you're not going to, you know, this is like working with a personal trainer. What is he doing? Putting you on the treadmill, making you run five miles. You're going to throw up and not want to do it, right? There's, there's no possible way you're going to do this. You see what I'm saying? But the man or the female that was or the the girl that was investing at 25 has seen their their account accumulate. They've amassed wealth and they're seeing it grow. It's not it's it's no longer a figment of imagination. It's real. Right. That compound in interest interest you can see that, right? And so it won't be hard for them to adjust and say, "I'm going to invest 440 48. You're going to start finding money, finding ways to invest." Yes. I can invest 1200. And then maybe if they've got everything paid off and they've taken care of themselves in other financial areas, gotten rid of debt, cleaned up everything, but they may even be able to, 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 to afford to, to, to do the 3,800. You gotta have the fundamentals, right? And one of those fundamentals, that building block is to have that three to six months savings. You got to have three to six months savings because you know anything can happen. You can have a loss of job and then your butt's out there in the wind, right? I'm just gonna keep it just real in 100, right? There's nothing separating you from, from, if you don't have a job, there's nothing separating you from being outdoors, right? There's nothing separating you. You need a hedge against you. You can't even think straight, you see what I'm saying? And make decisions if you have nothing saved up, you have no emergency fund. You can't even think straight. You're gonna make 100%, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're gonna make the, the wrong decision 100% of the time. I think that's what I'm trying to say, right? And so the next account, that you need to have. You know, I'm giving you strategy here. I'm giving you what Nelson Simmons does and what I do for other people. 401k to the match. Guys, don't leave free money on the table, right? They're going to match you, whether it's dollar for dollar, 50 cents on the dollar, 25 cents on the dollar. Take that money. Invest in your 401k, your 403b, your 457b, your uh, uh, TSP, right? And then once you've done that to the match, you do, then go and do, you, you fund your uh, IRA, whether it be a traditional or a Roth. There's some uh, income stipulations on the Roth, right? But that's after ta- tax dollars on the Roth and you need after tax money. There's strategies and this is just to get you, you know, set up on just doing something, right? Having a starting point. This is this is fundamental strategy right there. Give it to you free. Common concerns that we see and we face when I'm sitting across the table and we and they're, they're concerned about investing, right? Making that next step, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of leery about uh, investing in mutual funds. They're they're risky, right? Not as risky as investing in the stock market, right? Just investing in single stocks. Again, I have already given you my disclaimer, and I'm, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but Nelson doesn't have. His retirement money. Now I have single. I have stocks. I've got all kinds of investments in a brokerage account, right? That's I can afford to lose all that. But with my my retirement money, I ain't. I don't have time to play. I have to have it diversified, and a mutual fund diversifies it for you. They take the the thinking and what should I do out of it, right? Because you are invested in a bundle of stocks, one hundred to one hundred twenty-five, maybe sometimes two hundred stocks in one investment vehicle, right? So the only way that you can lose your money is if, uh, all of it, is if every company in that portfolio went out of business at the same time on the same day. The likelihood of Walmart, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Tesla, all these companies going out, of business on the same day, is very remote. And if we did, we've got a global issue. And your money in the bank is not safe because your money is really not there. You see what I'm saying? Only a fraction is 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 required by law for them to keep there. The rest they're either lending out or they're they're making money on it in the market. They're investing in the market, right? So I just want to be clear of what the game is. There's the game, and I you know I've got a whole presentation on that. But it, it really is the money's a game. Money never sleeps. Kind of like what they said in. Uh, the original wall street it doesn't uh and i've heard people uh that say they've lost all their money in, in in the stock market yeah you can yeah you can by investing in single stocks you don't believe me where's sears where's blockbuster where's uh gm gm's still around but they got delisted off the s p you know index right and when me being an accountant i know that when this happens and it can happen to any company at any point in time there's internally there's something fundamentally wrong with them from a financial standpoint and there's a lot of things that you can do trust me to hide that fact quarter over quarter and the only p- true people that are going to know what's going on is the accountants that are in there you can hide it so good that you can hide it from financial analysts and i'm being totally 100% honest i've seen things that's all i'm going to say right it is real or kind of like what you have with Sears, there was a fundamental business flaw. They are blockbuster. They did not keep up with streaming. They did not keep up with what was going, what was happening to the brick and mortar. We're moving into e-commerce, right? They didn't keep up with the times. So by the time they figured it out, and these corporations are so large, they're not nimble. They can't move quick, right? And then they may have some old heads that really need to go. Remember what I said earlier, they, somebody should have took their chair a long time ago, and they're just stubborn, and they're sitting on the head. But usually, it's not that case. It's just it takes forever, it forever for things to flow down, right? It's centralized instead of decentralizing. It's coming back up. These companies are centralizing it. It has to move down the chains, and it just moves so slow. And by the time they figure it out, and it gets to the people that actually do the work, it's too late. Right. And that's just the truth. I'm just breaking it down. Hopefully, you you know you found something that you can glean from that.
2: All right. So, oh, another concern we hear a lot of the time is I don't have enough money to invest. You know, I have to get things together. Right now, it's just not looking good. I don't have enough money. Uh, 10 times out of 10, this isn't true. Uh, Now, it may be the case that you've potentially talked to another financial advisor or a financial house and they said, "Mm, what you're trying to do, we don't um, take that business or you don't have enough money to invest. It's possible that they have told you that because they are looking for a high commission dollar or they're looking to pad their pockets. Basically, they don't want to waste time. They feel like on you or something of that nature. But really, folks, all you need is $25. And if you don't have $25 per month to invest, then you have a bigger issue. And again, you still need to talk to a financial advisor like myself or Nelson, so that we can make sure um, you get on the right track. Maybe you need a budget, um, or maybe you just need to increase your revenue. Um, uh, yeah,
1: let, me, let me say one thing. Okay. They don't have time to take uh, it's quantity. They have to take smaller, larger amounts of money with smaller amount of clients. They can't service the small man. They may just be getting started. They don't have time. They can't make money like that, right? And and that's just the name of the the, the nature of the beast with some of these um, bigger names, right? I'm not going to call them out, um, but we have a great thing set up for anyone who wants to talk to us where you can start investing as little as $25, $50, depending on Uh, what investment uh, firm or investment uh, house that we use to invest your money with. I just wanted to to bring that home. I'm sorry. No, it's all
2: good. All right. And lastly, um, we do hear a lot of time that uh, people want to leave their old 401k at their job. So we wanted to throw this in here too, because we have heard horror stories about people who leave their money thinking it's safe or maybe just not even thinking about the money that they put in their four hundred one k and taking it with them when they go to another job. Maybe they don't know what to do or how to initiate that process. But um, again, people have you know not had access to or not been able to access that money when they come back. Nelson, do you want to say something? No,
1: I'm
2: not on this point. Okay, sorry, no he keeps like motioning towards me, <laughs> but anywho, um, so we try to make sure that we educate people that they want to take their money from their old employer. And we give a great example of just, you know, if you had an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend and you let them hold money, are you going to let them keep holding money once y'all aren't together anymore? No, absolutely not. You want to take your money with you and we can also help people do that as well. Oh,
1: i not ready for it. Oh, okay. All right. Now, if I said this, babe, please, um, because I, you know, I can go off on, you know, a a tangent and then forget and get lost in my words. So if I said this, please stop me. I want to go back to that second point, right? And bring another thing home. Back in the great recession of 2008 and 2009 Mm -hmm. timeframe, people were like, you know, uh, disgruntled. I wouldn't say disgruntled, but they were like, you know, I don't trust this stock market. Neither should you. I lost my money during that time frame yeah. they lost their money because they were playing the game too long there is what me and Juanita are in and maybe some of you on the call what is called the wealth accumulation phase and then after the wealth accumulation act that's a very important phase right because if you don't have anything accumulated then you can't preserve anything the second phase is called the wealth preservation phase Then you go from the wealth preservation to the wealth distribution. And then, if we're fortunate and lucky enough, we go to the wealth transfer where we're leaving legacy to our children, right? So, what ended up happening is you got people in their 50s and 60s still stock heavy, right? Got too much money in the stock market. And we know that there's ebbs and flows in the market and they got caught in there at the wrong period, right? Because we already know that. So, once you've accumulated wealth, The game is over, right? The game is just about over. There ain't really too much gains you're going to get. You can get greedy in there and get caught. And with your greedy and you're too greedy, you can lose, right? So what you do in the wealth preservation phase versus the wealth accumulation phase, two different things. So they should have had or positioned their advisor to position their portfolio out of stock into bond and to more importantly, bond alternatives which are insurance products. So you have to remember the nature of insurance, right? Insurance is to preserve, to protect against loss. And there's products that you can be in the market, but the insurance uh, company will take and absorb some of that risk for a fee, right? So you can be in the market. You're not really active in the market anymore, but you need that growth because Bonds are kind of like cash. They're kind of trash right now, and they usually are. They're not, you know, they they are used to kind of outpace inflation, right? They're not. You're not getting the six and the twelve, and sometimes the twenty. It, like this year, um, you, you you get if if you were in the market, full blown in the market, you know, um, the market gave almost twenty seven percent back to the its investors, right? And it was a trip this year, so. It's the game in which you play, right? And most people get mad and be like, you know, well, I lost and it don't work. No, you just, you just didn't know yeah, what I, I don't. And that's why I don't necessarily consider necessarily. I look at the market because I have to talk intelligent to Corey. I have to talk to you intelligent, but I don't look at it from a standpoint of, for like, if for my money and for my clients. I look at where you are in your investment career because that's more important because the market is going to be doing what it's going to do. We're going to have, uh, wars, we're gonna have rumors of wars, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have uh, recessions, we're gonna have terror attacks. That's life, that ain't gonna stop. But you need to know where you are in your investment career so you can govern yourself accordingly, right? Get in and get out when you're supposed to, right? And that's what I need to say about that. True wealth is truly defined as um, how many days you can move forward without working, right? How many days I can move forward without having to do this? I'm financially independent when I can say I can move a year without working. I can move 10 years, 20, 15. That's a different type of conversation. That's a different type of feel to be in that position, right? And so my, my guy, Robert Kiyosaki, said it best in his book, Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's, that's right. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Wealth is a person's ability to survive. So many number of days going forward. So imagine if I had a mass, and right? you know we're just we're just doing small numbers here, right? We know that we we all big money on here, but this is just for illustrative purposes. Imagine if I had a one one thousand dollars. I was getting ready to say a million, um, and I had a daily expense. My daily expenses was hundred dollars. I can move ten in, oh, dollars nice. into the future, Ten, excuse me, ten days into the future without being destitute. Again, I already chose the definition of what Webster said. It's just being void of being able to take care of the necessities, right? If I had 10,000 and my expenses remain the same, I can move 100 days. And if I had a mass, a, you know, I have a wealth, you know, I accumulated wealth of 100,000, expenses, expenses stay the same 1,000 days in, 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 into the future, right? So it's our choice, what, you know, what is your end game? How many, how many days? Do you guys want to move into the future? You got to be making that decision. That's 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 I you know me and Corey have had these conversations, and we're trying to convey on here. You know, we're saying as black men, we gotta we gotta take charge and have a strategy, have a plan for these women. Have you see what I'm saying? They they love that. Wanda can tell you about that. You can attest to that. I hope I'm doing a good job.
2: Yes, you're doing a very good job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope, but it's it really a game, man. It money's a game. Life is a game. Is <laughs> a game. It's just like, how do you want to play it? Right? I see so many people. I'm like, how many people are these people that I'm, you know, when I I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, have to get in traffic anymore, but, you know, when I'm just out and about, how many people are thinking about their finances? They're trading so much of the time and they're just going through the motions of life and then they get to this certain point and they're like, oh, it's usually around about 50. And they're like, oh, I'm behind. What am I going to do? But they're still not thinking that they got this, 20-something, you know, you see what I'm saying? They're like, well, Nelson, what you got for me? Mm. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I can, I can only give you, I can. I, we're going to just try our best. We, 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 we're just going for it all, right? And, and then, you know, you have to take risks that they may not, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be taken with someone who had contacted me at 25 and I've worked with them for almost a lifetime or something like that. You see, it's a different conversation.
2: Well, they can't go into the preservation phase because they right. didn't accumulate it.
1: Right, they didn't accumulate anything. So we're stuck in the, the, the accumulation phase and it's just like, oh my goodness, their account went down, but that's normal, right? And having to have that heart to heart conversation with somebody and they that, oh, you see what I'm saying? They like, I understand, but it's just like, no, you really don't. Because how many days are we gonna move forward with this money and the market is just down right now. We're in the pandemic. You didn't didn't hit the leg, you didn't, it's not a leg, I'm gonna quit saying that. You didn't have from 2009 to March, 2020, that 12 year run where the market was just, you see what I'm saying? I'm just saying. So here's our solutions, right? I put together and build portfolios for families, excuse me, what families, individuals and businesses using some of our investment partners, right? I got good relations with Invesco, leg mason uh, franklin templeton those are the ones that i use a lot a lot and some some that are not even on here right so i'm not stuck with canned solutions i can really truly build you out of a portfolio that i believe that will work and i will never have to apologize for so if you are not ready to move forward and you need some head knowledge which that's fine um, you can you can you can contact us or reach us at our podcast. You can listen to us for more information on our podcast. Uh, we are uh, streaming—I think that's the correct word—how the how, the how the young 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 folks say it—on <laughs> Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and then you can uh, you know see us on Instagram or follow us on Instagram at M3 with NS3
2: and M3 with NS2. But I don't post on Instagram a lot. I'm just be honest, keep it real.
1: Follow me. I, I've got more stuff on there, more reactionary stuff from a financial standpoint where I'm, you know, putting little tidbits on there that if you're paying attention, Nelson giving you dropping you jewels and knowledge that you can use. Right.
2: A lot of times I know we were like this years ago when mm-hmm. we started talking about finances, you know, financial advisors did come up in conversations with other people, our peers and things like that. Um, but we always thought, you know. Well, we don't have enough money to pay a financial advisor right now. We're young. We just got married, you know, early 20s. So that's something that we have to do later. But honestly, it does not cost anything to call us, to talk to us. It, it is free. Um, so please do that. Just take the first step to have the conversation. You don't know what you don't know. You know, our people perish for a lack of knowledge. Let's not stay ignorant. It's 2022. I mean, let's just do something different to get a different result.
1: Thank you guys for your time. Uh, We gave it our all. Hopefully we added value. Uh, We're going to open it up for questions, Corey.
0: Yeah, yes. Open it up for questions. Great presentation, guys. Great presentation. Any questions so far? Hey,
1: how you doing, man? Actually, I do have a a question. Uh, Some of our people still don't understand the importance of having life insurance early. And so do you have any type of trainings to educate, you know, people on the importance of having life insurance, not just enough to get you buried, right? But setting up the next generation, you know, because, you know, you start talking death depth with people and they're looking at you like, you are the Grim Reaper or something. So I uh,
0: just right. wonder if uh, you
1: had anything like that. Insurance is something that you will never, the type that we promote, you will never see a benefit from. So it's hard for people to grasp the concept of I'm doing. This. You have to be. You have to be selfish. You have to be selfless, right? I think I think I'm saying that right.
2: You have to be selfless.
1: You have to be selfless um, when it comes to insurance because you 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 are not going to see the, the benefit, right? Right. And so, but yes, to answer your question, we do have a presentation we we that we do. We we got a lot a lot of presentations that we do. Uh, and where we go over the insurance segment first. It's called Dying Too Soon, right? Mm-hmm. And then Living Too Long.
2: There's also a podcast um, about insurance that we put out there. Yeah. But, you know, again, I'm going to just kind of take off my professional hat for a second. But uh, I think the problem, especially with us, we, in a lot of ways, are so superficial We don't talk about important things like, you know, finances, you know, having a financial advisor, what does retirement look like? Um, You know, just planning for life, these serious conversations that we need to have. And like Nelson said, it's the selfishness too. some of us have to where, you know, and I've seen even a husband and wife, we've gone out to talk to them about insurance and they have, like the husband will sit there and say, I don't want to leave her a lot of money when i die i mean yeah, it's just sure. it's, it's mind-blowing you know sure. you have a whole child with this woman you you've married this woman and That's yet true. you're thinking about i don't want her to have money to take with somebody else or or whatever weird warp thing you're thinking but it's very selfish and, and we need to really grow up and have grown-up conversations about insurance and life because Frankly, it's embarrassing, I feel like, um, to have to go out and do a GoFundMe or a church fish fry or whatever we find ourselves doing to scrape money together in order to just give someone the the bare minimum as far as the burial. So insurance is very important. And insurance is also supposed to be something you need when you're young, not when you're old. And I think that's lost on us too. Mm -hmm. People think, okay, well, I'm not that old, so I don't need insurance right now. Well, first, you gotta qualify for insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, insurance is gonna be, you're gonna have a low rate for insurance. You can find insurance for like $15 a month, but that's when you're younger and healthier. even in our experience, we got insurance, you know, very young when we first got married um, and had our first son, we got insurance to cover our lives. But, you know, shortly after that, Nelson went into a different risk pool because his health changed. He had higher blood pressure. And so now it it would cost more to have that type of insurance. So again, it's just the ignorance and the superficialness, I think, where we're talking about, you know, whatever the game, right. and not to throw shade or nothing, but the game, or we're talking about what trips we take in, or you know, you know, clothes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Trying to hit a parlay in crypto or whatever we're talking about, <laughs> and we don't have insurance and it's just very sad so we just need more people like you corey to to really have these serious conversations if you come to these calls every sunday and you hear things like this when it comes up in your life that's an opportunity i feel like to be a blessing to somebody and say hey Mm. you really need to sit down and and think about these things
1: Mm. okay thanks for the info thank Thank you for your time thank you for being here
0: because on this line i mean we have uh you know business owners on the line. Couple up and coming business owners on the line. So, what advice would you give for you know the up and coming business owners that um, you know may want to get set up?
1: The, the the fundamental steps for a business owner are pretty much the same, right? From a individualistic standpoint, but like I've always preached, the the way that our society is set up is capitalistic. So it appreciates and it offers the best tax benefits to those who are business owners and landowners. So there's a whole different type of retirement that they can have. So say, for instance, you still have your um, current job, right? Your, your, your moonlight, right? And you're trying to get your business off the ground and you have a business. You can tax shelter your money into retirement accounts on the individual side, and then you can tax shelter your money into, and even more, the the limits, the contribution limits on the business side are more than double, right? So you can, there's things that you can do. You can have your 401k at work, and you can have your solo 401k on the business side, right? You can have a, what's called a A simple employer pension plan on the uh, business side, and then you can have what is called a savings incentive match plan uh, if you plan to have employees one day, right? And you're doing all this, and you're still working your corporate job. So there's other avenues that you can take from that, right? And so, say for instance, you're starting off a business, you can have a key man policy, right? So say for instance, you and your partner you know y'all start a business and y'all 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 are doing pretty well well his life means something to that business right he brings intellectual knowledge right and so you want to be paid if he dies right he's going to take his his portion of what he brought to the table has a dollar value and the way that you get that dollar value back you'll never be able to replace that person but you can use insurance to cover his life to give you some money to catch wind. And you see what I'm saying? And continue the business as if that person never left.
2: When your job offers you life insurance um, and sometimes it's, it's fully paid by them, but they're doing that because you bring value to their company. And so when you die, yes, your family may potentially get you know, some money to bury you or, or handle expenses, But your company is also going to get money when you die um, because you have that plan with them. But we uh, I just want to add that we do advocate that you own your own insurance plan. Mm -hmm. So even if your company does offer Mm -hmm. you free life insurance, Mm -hmm. you should always own a life insurance plan because the policy that your company has on you has potentially certain stipulations like you can't die on a Saturday or Sunday. Or you won't get any money because you weren't working for us during that time. So now we won't pay you out. Or if you were on vacation um, and you died doing something, then you won't get paid. You don't know what stipulations your company's policy has. So that's why it's always good to have that um, owned life insurance policy for your family to make sure that they can't bury you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are all kinds of benefits that that come from owning your business. You're going to need it. If you start making money as a business owner, you're going to need to shield some of that. Yes. I know professionals that make 500 and something K and they come, you know, it comes to tax time they're sitting with their tax accountant. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, where can we alleviate some of my tax liability? And, they were, or, and rather than pay it to the tax man, you can pay it to yourself in the form of retirement right. and reduce your overall tax liability to um, to, to the IRS. So, and you do that through a set, you do that through, you know, solo 401k and, you know, the simple IRA. So those are things that are out there for small business owners that they may or may not know about. What do you tell the
3: individual who like, Hey, I really ready, ready to do this, but I'm just used to just dealing everything with cash You know, I keep it on hand. I don't really trust banks because, you know, they take, you know, the interest payments and things out of that. What do you tell those those individuals that have that old school thinking mentality doing that?
1: I think that the you know, the lack of knowledge is the thing. Right. They don't understand that, you know, it's almost you got to talk to people like him, like a parables like Jesus did. Right. And find one that they can they can understand it resonates with them right so i would particularly sit them down tell them about the rule of 72 tell them what you know uh, you know the you know about compound interest what's going on behind the scenes at the banks give them the game right of, of of what it is and then that's i mean that's all you can you can you can you can really do and then you know you just like okay uh, uh, johnny hopefully there's no johnny's on the phone but johnny Mm -hmm. um you got let's say you got a hundred dollars in the bank we'll just use a hundred dollars um could you buy what uh you could buy last year for a hundred dollars look at things around you home prices right there's got to be a way you know they're they're going up right and your money is just not you can't buy as much house as you could buy back in you then you 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 talk to them about, about what's, what's happening around their age right you know i get as much information as i can about a person so that i can talk to them right where they are and so it's just like if they were born in the 1960s what you know what am i going to do you know uh, you know uh, you know talk to them about what was going on in the housing market back in the 80s when they were you know growing you know growing up and coming into their adulthood right and how you know they were double digit uh interest rate on homes right and things of that nature and and that's how i would like i guess handle that i don't know if i answered that question right but you just gotta they've got to hear information like this and then they've got to you know you've got to put it you got to find a story or a parable that works and resonates with them and meets them where they are you just gotta say look we gotta you gotta start looking around you that loaf of bread you know well how how much did a loaf of bread cost when you when you were a kid? You know, when you went to the store, you, you get a candy bar, right? And you buy a candy bar for 25 cents? I don't know where anybody, you see what I'm saying? And that's the power of your dollar decreasing.
2: Right.
1: Right. You can't even buy a candy bar for 25 cents. And you just talk to, talk to that person like that.
2: Well, and I feel like I heard the question differently because it sounded to me like, you were asking, what if that person doesn't even trust the bank to put their money there? So right. as if as if they they just want to keep the money like under a mattress or in the couch or something um, to that effect. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes. Because what I would do, um, I at work I run across a lot of um, young adults who, you know, early twenties and things, and you know, I was stressing them. Hey, y'all need to go ahead and get a in this 401k when you're young because you'd be surprised um how well you know it will grow when you get to my age um Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know younger people don't think of the future they think of the right now and then they're gonna live forever money's not a thing but you know um and i think like again i think this information is very vital um for everyone to know and, and take heed of and to share with everyone else that you know. But I was just asking that question. What do you do when you run across that individual, that old school individual that thinks, Hey, I'm just gonna put my money in a shoebox, and you know, I have it on hand when I need it. Cause I don't trust the bank. So that's basically what the,
1: what the question was. Okay. Okay. was. Okay. Think about it this way, Eric. And I know some people like that. What if your house burned up?
2: The money in the, the bank money, is insured.
1: The money in the bank is insured, at least, right? If your house goes to the ground and you can't find that box, it's over.
2: But the money in the bank is insured up to two hundred and fifty thousand, typically. Yeah. So, if something were to happen, the government has insured that money, um, so that you know they would be able to at least get the money back. But if it's in your house, if it gets blown away by a tornado or You have a house fire or or you get robbed because people know that you're keeping your money in your (laughs) house. uh, Then it's just gone. So.
1: And I I also want to speak to you said young folks not wanting to invest Mm -hmm. in 401k because it's not tangible. They can't see it. Wealth, true wealth is not flashy. You can't, you know, you can't drive that around. You can't, you know, you can't, like I said, wear, kids, you can't wearing, wear it.
3: You can't, you can't, you
1: can't and, and it's, it's, it's very drink it,
3: whatever, you know. You
1: it's very <laughs> sickening that that's what, and I, and I don't want to call anybody by name, but our rappers have done an injustice. They are rich. They're selling our young kids this trap lifestyle. They're selling them this jewelry and all this other stuff while they going and buying up properties.
3: Right.
1: They're living a totally different life. Than what they are displaying in their music, and they're selling this to the to the masses. And now you got this whole set of people thinking that I'm carrying around a brick of money in my on my, you know, answering like it's a phone, and that's funny, and that's what I'm supposed to do because that shows I got money. What it really shows me is you're a fool, and you don't know how money works, because money is really not flashy. And even me, I had to learn some hard lessons. We were staying as one of our houses was getting built. In an executive rental, I've driven luxury. They pull up, and we pay in luxury money. They pull up in a Kia Optima, old Optima. Now I'm living in a gated community, paying more than I pay in mortgage, and we got this brand new house that we just built. And it's like something's wrong here. And I got a Mercedes parked in their driveway. So I had to end up getting rid of, that's the lesson, I'm just being real. I got rid of my Mercedes and got me a Hyundai. I was like, I ain't about to do this no more. You see what I'm saying? So we as a, right. so as a people have to be like, okay, I'm not, you know, I can't bring you necessarily to my house, but I got this property. I bought my first home or I've got my second, or, you know, I've got, I can't let you see my my, my, my investment statement, but I've got, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even half a million dollars in there. You see what I'm saying? I can't flash on you, I can't wear the Gucci, I can't wear the, you know, I you know, you see what I'm saying? And so we, we we, got to change our mindset shift. So I just wanted to cover that because you 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 touched on a really you 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 hit me with a you know a point with that one. That 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 really grinds my gears when I you know I see my my youth going down the wrong way, man. That's just that's not cool, but yeah, money get burned up in the box at least put it in the bank so you can go get your money if it's in a box it's gone anything can happen
0: because this is this is what it is generational wealth in the purest form enjoy the rest of your sunday hope uh you know this time you know was spent well i i know it was i got a lot of jewels today um black man sunday nelson thank you Juanita, thank you and we out of here happy sunday